So you know how it works. We've got uh, seven points, two minutes on each, and we're going to start with the Newcastle doping story, which um, hit the headlines at the back end of the week, although it took place, Dave, back in 2018. Yes, it was in September 2018. Um, it uh, The case concerns a... Uh, Philly called Ladies First, trained by Mick Easterby, who was a well back six to four favourite uh, at Newcastle in September 2018, was beaten in the end 22 lengths, finished eighth of the nine runners, and was found afterwards uh, to have been doped. Uh, it transpired that uh, two men who were employed by the race course mainly to, to work in the stables. Uh, they were uh, Neil, Wa Neil Waggett and uh, Stephen Walker uh, were their names and they were warned off for 10 years. It, uh, video footage showed them, uh, sh showed that, uh, th that Ladies First had been, had been uh, given something that obviously stopped her from running uh, as she could have done. Mick Eastby said afterwards that he felt that they that dopers should get life and i think it's a a, a a view that it's easy to have sympathy with if that's your mindset that you're um that you're going to uh, administer substances uh, to horses that obviously stop them from running on your merits and you make on their merits and you make financial gain uh, from that i think that's a that's a fair view daniel dawson people may remember from 1812 uh, who was hanged on Newmarket Heath uh, for uh, giving a horse too much uh, in terms of a, a substance that was designed to stop it from winning a match race. Now, I'm not suggesting that the two people involved uh, should suffer that fate, but I was surprised that this matter wasn't referred to the police. It surely, it, it, it surely is evidence of criminal activity. Very quickly, should, should the, 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 the track face some sort of... Um, uh Penalty. Do you well, think? I mean, I think that it, the the track probably should, but I think it's it's more important in this instance. The most important thing is that instances like this do not occur in the future. Mm. How you go about that, whether it is by a penalty or whether it's by liaising with tracks to say, right, these are the standards that you have to uh, you have to reach. I think is a probably a matter for another day. And um, uh, Newcastle have issued a statement where they say they take security uh, and the safety of, of all participants, equine and human, incredibly seriously. Right, Bob Baffert now, uh, the ongoing Naira hearing. This is uh, really instalment three of it, Dave, having um, Naira had, had banned Baffert. Baffert then appealed and a judge found that that uh, appeal was to be upheld because it was unlawful, um, their initial ruling over, over Baffert. Where are we now? Yeah, I mean, whatever your uh, view, uh, however you wherever you view your horse racing, uh, whether you do it in uh, a, a domestic sense or you look further afield, this is something that one really should be uh, reading about because it involves, as you say, um, the New York Racing Association uh, gave Bob Baffert a temporary ban. Uh, that was in the wake of uh, Medina Spirit's uh, failed dope test after the Kentucky Derby that was he appealed against that and it was turned over in a federal court and this is essentially essentially uh, leg three um, 
it's we've had four days of it so far. Bob Baffert was accused by the uh, Naira attorney Henry Greenberg of taking a wrecking ball uh, to racing's integrity. Listed seven drug violations between uh, July 2019 and now. Of course, the most famous of those is the. Uh, that of the, the ill-fated uh, Medina spirit. Um, Mike Smith and John Velasquez, not surprisingly, have uh, leapt to the trainer's defence, describing him. Mike Smith uh, described him as very straightforward, very honest and very truthful. Uh, Baffert took the stand at the end of the week and said uh, he was proud of the fact that he runs a tight ship, although there were uh, a, a couple of... Um, there were a couple of instances in which he was ignorant of the rules. Now, Bob Baffert is, is arguably the biggest name in world racing, isn't he, when you consider his huge achievements. Um, he's still banned from the Kentucky Derby, isn't he, for, yes, for two totally. years yep. uh, as a result of that. So th this is a talking point. It's not one that I can really offer a, a view on as to what's going to happen uh, and what ought to happen, but people should follow this because obviously it has ramifications for all of us, uh, the fact that the, the, the probably the biggest name in, in world racing his reputation is very much at stake. Right, uh, next up, APPG have hit out at the uh, the Gambling Commission and the, the, the tightening of rules that are coming to effect. Yeah, this was a, a, another, uh, a, a bit of an industry story, but again, one that affects all of us. Uh, obviously, the, the, the gambling, the, the, the gambling review the, of the, the Gambling Act of uh, 2005 is ongoing. Um, I think that, we are in in the horse racing and gambling side of have, have been apt to display a um a responsible attitude towards the gambling commission that that whilst uh, we we feel that um things like affordability checks are a, a, an unnecessary in, intrusion into people's lives that uh, that racing and gambling if i can bring them, put them together, we can be trusted to look after the vulnerable and, you know, are, are trying to portray a responsible image. And then in midweek, the all-party parliamentary group on betting and gaming come out with this uh, statement whereby they accuse the Gambling uh, Commission of a bullying attitude that has caused mental harm. Uh, Conor McGinn, the Labour MP who's the vice chair of uh, the all party parliamentary group resigned. Um, there are three uh, MPs that, uh, that that were mentioned, Scott Benton and uh, Aaron Bell, who are Tory MPs, and, and John Speller, who's a, a Labour MP, who have who've declared uh, in the past um, uh, things that they've received, uh, or, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, tickets and yeah. such, uh, from betting companies. But it, Essentially, this was something that most of us thought, what the hell are you doing? That at a time when we're trying to show a, not trying to show, we are taking a responsible and adult uh, approach to this, that, that this it's like they've just turned, around, turned up and tried to put the windows through uh, of the Gambling Commission, which is, which is ill-timed, to say the very least. Daft. Daft, yeah. Okay. Um, 
Juvenile ratings. Well, ratings in, 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 on the whole this week came out, um, and the juvenile ratings, I, I thought by and large, showed um, what a, a good season Godolphin have had. Godolphin dominance, really. Yeah, it showed a, a couple of things in that sense. Native Trail uh, was voted the, uh, not voted, was, was yeah, seven rated pounds clear. Uh, the uh, leading juvenile. Um, seven pounds clear of his rivals, what was it, 122 oh. to 115, wasn't it? Um, it's not that surprising in that the, the Vincent O'Brien national stakes at the Curra and the Dewhurst stakes are often the kingmakers uh, when it comes to uh, the two-year-old, uh, the European two-year-old ratings. And of course, Native Trail won both of those. He's favourite for uh, the 2000 guineas as a result of this. Interestingly, um, the horse who won the autumn stakes on the same card, Caribus, uh, is uh, one of those horses who's rated inferior to his Charlie Appleby mm. trained stable mate and I think many people feel that he's the 2000 guineas winner and not native trail there is Charlie a, Appleby included there is a, yes Charlie Appleby yeah. included you, you did the interview didn't you yeah, he, said, he um, said I think he feels because of that horse's sire um, you know that that might might set him apart progressing into his three-year-old campaign did Barbie over Oasis dream sorry Dave. the um, there is a uh, there is a warning here isn't there that a couple of years ago uh, Pinatubo, of course, uh, Charlie Appleby's mm -hmm. unbeaten two-year-old, uh, was unbeaten, wasn't he? Yeah. Went yeah, on yeah. to, uh, didn't win uh, the 2,000 guineas. What was, was he 129, was he? Oh, now, was you're, he? now you've got me. feel um, like he was a one to eight. Anyway, go on. Uh, Luxembourg was one, this year's or last year's ratings were notable for a relative lack of uh, strength from... Bally Doyle, and mm. there was that point where Aidan O'Brien referenced us a six-week point in late summer where he felt yes. the horses weren't right. I'm sure they'll come right in 2022. You, you would imagine so, um, whether he cares for stride length or not. Retirements, Dave. Um, m most recently, Mick Quinn. Um, Di Birchall, another. Uh, what do we... Understandable, I think, given the reasons listed for it. Is it just a worry going forward that some of the smaller yards can't, can't stand out? Yeah, I think it's a huge worry, this. Um, I did an interview with Jane Chappelheim in the early part of last spring, and we talked about how the middle and the lower end of the training fraternity and sorority uh, were going to be squeezed. And Mick Quinn has trained for 25 years, um, he said that his horses were down to two mm. as a result of the economic um, conditions or the, the aftermath, if we're, if we're at the aftermath yet, of uh, COVID-19. And he said financially it just isn't viable. Um, says that he hopes he can return to training one day. But at the moment, it's just, again, it's, pu it's pushing a rock up a hill. Um, Di Birchall retires today uh, with adherence in the 320 race at Fontwell. He's a few days short of his 85th birthday. One suspects that that's just more down because yes. it's, it's the right time to do it rather than um, economic conditions. But I, I feel that uh, we will be seeing more of those trainers who are in the middle or towards the bottom of the pyramid finding conditions increasingly hard and it's unfortunately it's it's one of the wonderful things about um british horse racing is the the 
the tapestry that we've got from top to bottom and I fear that that is going to become less and less interesting as as I say I don't like to use the the phrase towards the bottom of the pyramid to, to, towards the bottom of the food chain but those trainers who aren't regulars in group company let's put mm. it that way they're going to feel the squeeze a lot more in the years that are going to follow superb timing um, winter million was it a success as far as as you were concerned the inaugural winter million at Lingfield I, I think Unequivocally, it was a success, yeah. Um, this is an interesting thing, the Winter Million, because it was launched, Tom, uh, in October of last year, I think after Champions Day, so it'd be about the 18th of the third Monday in October anyway, and it was launched alongside, it was in the Caledonia Club uh, in London. I remember turning up in a cravat and was told I, I couldn't wear that. I had to put a tie on and they went and got me one because they weren't allowed. Um, but uh, it was launched alongside the prize money row with the trainers mm. at the time. I remember Martin Crudders came up with the line that this was an opportunity for self-harm and trainers, uh, for self-help and trainers had gone for self-harm. Um, and also alongside the uh, rerouting of all weather finals day from Lingfield to Newcastle so it got quite a uh, a low-key launch it wasn't sort of all drums and trumpets you would have thought that a sort of putative alternative to the Dublin Racing Festival would get a press conference on its own but I think they were pretty low-key in doing it it was certainly a success you know that the likes of Metier winning on the Friday, of course we had the all-weather flat card um, on the Saturday. Then last Sunday, some really good racing. Uh, we saw Bruin up a storm, of course, win uh, the hurdle race, and Ollie Bell's two for gold yeah. got the better of Dashiell Drasher uh, for the winter for the Fleur de Lis chase. Apples to orchards, I'm afraid, in terms of. Um, uh, the money going to uh, the people already wealthy, but it was a, it was it was it was an unequivocal success. And, and they, success. They've given themselves something to to build on to. And it took place um, the the jumps meeting either side of a brilliant Clarence House chase at Ascot. Yeah. It could potentially, as broken news by Nick Luck, that it might move to Windsor as well yeah, going well forward. And that would be a, a real Berkshire celebration. That's a really interesting idea. That if uh, if they were to bring uh, jump racing back to Windsor. I think that's on, that's on the in-tray mm. for arena racing at the moment. When they've sorted out a few other things, I think that'll be next on the list. We finished with the announcement earlier on this week that the um, the changes to the whip rule have been delayed. Um, there is a, a focus group, a, 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 a group of industry professionals on this discussing it, um, but because of COVID-19 and really the, the re-emergence given Omicron, it has been delayed, Dave. What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, the, the, as a new story itself, it's just merely that, as you say, that, that its findings and the new, the new penalties, if there are new penalties, uh, will be announced in the autumn they've been delayed uh, my plea is that the the penalties stay largely as they are regular viewers of of racing tv will know that i think the numbers are a complete nonsense that there are worse uh, th there are worse offenses to equine uh, to welfare in terms of uh, the force with which 
uh, jockeys can strike horses in the correct place. You routinely see them being hit in the stifle, uh, on the stifle rather than the uh, the rump. Um, I think in in horse racing we have a difficulty with the uh, the itinerant. Um, nature of, of our administrators. We tend to get people from other sports who are career sports administrators. They come into horse racing for a couple of years, they then buzz off leaving a, a mess behind, they put it on their CV and they go on to other sports. And my fear is that the rules are going to be made by people who will then clear off having dipped into racing for a, a, a couple of years and that the rest of us will be left to uh, clear up the mess. Apart from the top brass of the racing post, I don't see a wish for uh, further restrictions of the whip. I would have thought that if owners or trainers really objected to the whip on welfare grounds, then at every race meeting on every day, uh, we would see jockeys ride without the whip uh, for encouragement because the the owner or the trainer would have told them so uh, to do so and I know the clock is ticking down on this one I'll just take a few, I was very good timing with the others so I hope you will just uh, allow me a moment and that is in terms of British racing is strapped for cash at the moment and one of its income streams is world pool betting well if further if if British racing were to follow Sweden, for example, which last week banned the use of the whip for encouragement purposes. If British racing thinks that punters, for example, in the Far East will give a tinker's cuss for betting on British racing when there is no whip for encouragement, then they in, in waiting for them is a very nasty surprise. We mentioned earlier in uh, the uh, the program that we lost Midnight Shadow uh, at Doncaster yesterday. For me, this this shows how whip opponents have just got their priorities wrong. The the least of Midnight Shadow's uh, problems as he stepped out onto Doncaster Racecourse yesterday was the use of 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 the compressed foam, the Prokush whip. You you won't appease racing's opponents. You will merely alienate a big part of its customer base. Racing needs a strong ethical defence from its leaders at the moment and that has to come to the fore in the autumn. I'd love to see a lot of the people who uh, who used to make racing's rules and laws, I'd love to see them at the races but they never come and the reason for that is that they don't really have a love or an interest in horse racing. As soon as they go we never see them again and we just have to clear up a mess. Before I go, in football you can make a rule change like the wretched golden goal and you can revisit it and you can change that as, as they did. But in horse racing that is much more difficult because we're dealing with animals. So BHA top brass, please bear that in mind. That is it for this week's Talking Points.